0: so welcome to the rebel entrepreneur podcast this is a coaching episode we are back doing coaching episodes and i'm very excited about this one because i have two people with me so welcome to the show we've got james and steph please welcome to the rebel entrepreneur
1: hey well thanks for having us this is super cool and i'm glad that we could connect
2: yes very excited to be here
0: I can't wait. This is going to be good. Uh, And you had some great questions. You sent me an email with a bunch of questions and I love it and I wanted to help. And I'm finally back recording podcast episodes again. So I thought, well, let's just set this up, make it happen and let's do it. So I think the first step is tell me about your business and what prompted you to message me and the show.
1: Sure. Um, I own a company called Two Crow Collective. Um, formerly, we were called Dirty Bourbon Clothing. We actually just changed the name on May 1st. So, this is a very fresh thing. It is May 7th as of recording this episode. So, um, it's pretty fresh, open wound. Um, we make uh, clothing for friends with chronic mental and invisible illnesses that we base specifically on our community symptoms um, and not the diseases themselves uh it's a way for us to commiserate with each other so somebody who has let's say cancer can have some sort of experience that is similar to somebody with Crohn's disease or uh Ehlers-Danlos syndrome or whatever um so the whole goal of our company is to advocate for our you know small community through commiseration in symptoms and uh it's been a very weird wild entrepreneurial ride let's just put it that way um i decided to email you um because of you um listening to one of your podcast episodes i learned to just ask you can it never hurts to just ask and you never know probably a lot of rejection but Here I am talking to you today, you know, so that's (laughs) obviously it wasn't a rejection. So that's really cool. Um, I am just I felt like we were at a very weird point in our business where we were just plateauing. And that was kind of the main goal was to see what what would Alan do next? You know, what what could we do as a business to like go just one extra little step in the right direction to just flourish and blossom? Um, So that's kind of where we're at.
0: I love that. And I love that you asked because you are right. You never know. And to everyone who's emailed me that it didn't happen yet. Uh, It still might. You never know. But I wasn't recording for five months. So things didn't happen. And sometimes it's not about you And rejecting the person, it's about the other side. They're just not in the right place. They're not doing the right thing. They're busy with other stuff. Who knows what it is? And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And it's interesting that we, as the person asking, see it as rejection if we don't get replied to, or we get a no. But sometimes it's nothing about the actual request. It's about the other person's uh, things that are going on so it's, I love that you just asked I love that you got that from the podcast and everyone else is listening please just keep asking not necessarily me but everyone
1: Keep. yeah we asking. actually we reached out to quite a few people in that same time frame and it actually blossomed into a few different things we actually we've never done paid advertising before and I reached out to a paid advertiser and he fell in love with the company and he understands what we're trying to accomplish. And that was something I never thought would happen. I didn't think somebody who is very techni- you know, technologically based would see our business and be like, I get it. I'm going to do it. We're going to do it. Um, so that was cool to make that move as well. Um, in the same little time period that I emailed you. So it's kind of a lot's happened in a very short amount of time, but also, you know, there's still a lot of hurdles that we have to overcome. So
0: so just so everyone can see what you're doing, what's the website that they can see your products? How can they have a look at it alongside sure. us listening on the podcast?
1: Uh, it is just 2 and it is spelled out two com. Awesome. 2
0: com, so they can see your t-shirts, they can see what you're doing. So... In the business, and this is kind of standard, this always happens, we've reached a plateau and it happened in my business many times. It happens with lots of people. You you do so much and then you reach a plateau and you're kind of like, okay, I'm doing this stuff. Nothing is moving us to the next stage. What do we do now? So what does that plateau look like for you? Are you happy with the way the business is? Is it like yeah? Doing- um, I.
1: I am happy with where it's at. It, You know, I will preface, I am a very, I'm one of those rare cases where COVID hit, I started throwing my t-shirt designs up on a website and selling them, and it worked. I went on TikTok, I became, I, I guess, I, I fall between the lines of an influencer and a business, and I need to make sure that I don't veer too far into each one, I guess, Um, So the first year, we did $100,000 in sales, which is crazy. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Thank you so much. I I didn't know how to spend the money correctly, and that was my downfall. I learned. Um, But I I bought a whole lot of inventory and then didn't sell it. And that was a big thing that was a struggle for us for a while. Um, The reason we changed the name, I guess I should preface this as well, is... Facebook, Instagram, TikTok have all squashed our reach because we had bourbon in our old name. And obviously bourbon is an alcohol and they thought that we were selling alcohol and not T-shirts. And that was a big issue um, to just get out to new people. So that's kind of where we we got, you know, we we reached a point where we were selling a lot to the same people over and over and over again. And they got burnt out from buying and then sales went down. And we weren't reaching a new audience anymore. So that's kind of, that kind of triggered the reason to email you and to reach out to paid advertising and try to get our name out to some new people without sacrificing the community that we've built. And that's kind of the big kicker. Um, I like to believe that we are advocates first and selling t shirts is the secondary. Obviously, that is what fuels our fire It you you know pays the bills it gets us through um but we are advocates i have a a chronic illness i have crohn's disease i'm anemic and i have a slew of of mental health issues steph has some stuff too i don't know if she wants to disclose or not but i'm not going to speak for her um so it's it is very much we are integral parts of the community that we're building and sharing stories of what we've been through with our community and they're sharing it with us and we've just built this little amazing group of people that you know love and support each other endlessly and it's just amazing it's amazing and bringing that to a bigger audience is scary and that's kind of where we're at
2: and in that vein we do have i know you've talked before about like the is it a thousand true fans a hundred true fans i think that Jame has built that community there is a community there of people that support every release and love everything that comes out and it's wonderful but it's it's spreading that message because we see how much good it does those people so it's getting more into the fold into the flock and you know creating more of that goodness
0: I love that. I love that because the more people you can reach, the more you can help people to deal with the challenges they have in their life and to, yeah, think about it in a different way. Okay, cool. So, one of the things you said, which I'm curious about, is you wanted to, you had the influencer and the business or the salesperson, and you didn't want to go too far the other way. And you were a bit worried if I go out and get a new audience, I'll offend the existing audience. Or,
1: not, I paraphrased you yeah, bit. lose um, the
0: existing audience.
1: I think, I think people originally bought stuff for me because they liked me. And I spoke really honestly and openly about what I was going through. So originally, the shirts that I was designing were my symptoms. So it was easier for me to sell them. We kind of pivoted a little bit into creating designs for other people's symptoms so that they could feel seen and heard as well. And so now I'm marketing something that's not truly, like a symptom of mine, but a symptom of someone else um, and that's difficult and it's it's still great. I still love what I'm outputting as a product. That's not the problem. I think my concern is if we go st- start pushing our product to a cold audience who doesn't really know the community that then are we kind of like sandpaper a little bit like with our community? like we have this whole audience who might just like shirts because they look cool versus our community that we've built surrounding the meaning of the shirts and i think that kind of the business side is well sell shirts that's your job you know make money whereas the influencer advocacy side is well we want to help people and i think that they kind of could potentially be counterintuitive in ways but also i don't know like that's kind of Maybe that's my own mental illness, like saying, huh, doubt. Great. (laughs) But, you know, um, I just it's kind of a just a tricky little thing, because if I go the full influencer route, I am selling for me. You know, I'm selling me, not a shirt, whereas the business is selling a shirt and not me. And I think it's just finding the balance between the two
0: always have this thought that why does it have to be either? Why do you have to be a business or purpose? Can't you be a business with purpose and go out there and do it? And actually every shirt you sell does something good, raises awareness, supports the community, allows you to get out further, to do more, to do different things. And I think when everyone hears about Rebel Business School, my business, that's always been what it is. Every course I sell enables me to help 100 people build small businesses, and to make money doing something they love. So why does it have to be separate? I don't know. And I actually think as I, as you were think, talking, my thought was, well, talk about your symptoms, put that out there, continue to be an influencer. Maybe even then do it with someone who's got the other symptoms that you're now putting on the t-shirts maybe there's other people who can come on the and i don't know whether you're you said tiktok you said different things but maybe they can come on short videos with you maybe there's short things you can do maybe there's podcast episodes where you go deeper into it so you're building the podcast or building the community stronger in different ways you're sharing it i don't see why it does has to be a different thing you can build that stuff talk about the symptoms and sell the t-shirts And that's what makes everything happen. So I, uh, I'm, I guess my feeling is, why does it have to be separate? Let's just charge out into the world and tell them about what's going on, find people to do it with, and sell some t-shirts along the way, and have some fun, make some money, change the world a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot, you know. And that's like to be honest, I think that's the fear. Is you know, I do have Steph, and Steph's great, but Steph also has a full time job, and I can't rely on her to do like everything with me. I'm I'm the sole guy and I'm I don't use a third party service. I am the guy who screen prints the shirts in my garage by myself. I heat press them. I fold them up. I fulfill them. I send them out. I, I used to do a handwritten note in every order. Not anymore. Like that's something I had to cut out. And, you know, I still do put a little insert card in there that's like tells our story. So if somebody doesn't know, they will when they get their shirt. Um, but it's a lot, you know, and, and taking it's, it's also kind of like, how do we jump from here to, to hiring someone to help and have the financial means to do so. And, you know, we did, we did a try doing some pre-order stuff in the past and it was mildly successful. It wasn't like extremely successful as we had wished, but it did give us some return um but now that we've changed the name i actually just purged all of our inventory so we don't really have any assets to sit on right now i'm printing on demand as you know order comes in i print it i send it out so it's it's a good flow at least you know as of now but you know it's still just a lot of work so taking the time to be the guy who makes content every single day on top of all these other things. Plus now I'm working with this advertiser who I need to make sure what he's doing is good. And it's just managing all these little nitty gritty things to make sure the whole machine is functioning properly.
0: Yes. And there is an annoying phase in every business's growth between one and that jump to two people, three people, one and a half people, whatever it is, like that next bit. And the annoying phase is when it's a bit too much for you but not enough for one and a half people or two people. Yeah. And like, you're like, do I do it? Do I not? And I remember that phase very well because I was running all over the country, running courses. And then you'd go back to the hotel and answer the emails and do the invoicing and do the accounting afterwards. And then you'd wake up the next morning and run the course again. And then you'd do this and you'd do that. And then occasionally I would get Katie to help me with my uh, receipts at the weekend and my accounting because they would all build up. And she My be life like does
1: the same thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. You leave so. them in a mess, Alan. You leave my account. You. She was so annoyed. And I can understand why they were in a mess. I did not keep on top of it. Uh, so there's that annoying phase which i get i guess several questions for you there's different routes to go one is you outsource the delivery which that will change your entire model because at the moment you're printing them in the garage you're doing the stuff and then you're sending them yourself but that is a possibility two is do you have a neighbor's kid that can come in and help you for two hours on a saturday do you have Uh, maybe
1: honestly um there's a lot of kids in the neighborhood i don't i just moved like it was whirlwind of a year like i i had a kid i moved out of state and you know i don't know anybody in where i live right now um aside from my in-laws um god it's crazy over here um (laughs) but yeah, there is potential there. I, I do have a lot of screen printing friends and I have outsourced some printing to other shops before. Um again, they all live about eighteen hours from me now, so there's that. Um still doable, but I think it's come down to part of our sales funnel and what is our upsell is we we print on really good quality shirts. We print really extremely soft t-shirts and for people in our community who have sensory issues, they tend to love what we do. Um, so I do very hard quality control and the shops that I've worked with previously have not lived up to that standard in the past. So, you know, it's the fear of, OK, if I go with someone else, I need to make sure that they're going to output what I need to the quality that I need and the standard. Um, Fulfillment wise, I could outsource that to someone, uh, but I would still have to manage that process differently now. Um, that's just something we could do, you know.
0: Because then you've kind of got a choice. Do I scale the process that I have at home, or do I outsource it to someone else, which is kind of scaling in a different way? Um, my thoughts are I feel like. Because I've had this pain with t shirts, I've ordered t shirts for different businesses and they come in different qualities, different styles. One of them came in so thin and like falling off people's bodies, I was like, I cannot legitimately give this away. I feel embarrassed about this. And we lost however much it was a thousand pounds on this printing run, and they were not, yeah. So I could feel the pain, and it's actually a real challenge. So part of me goes, like you need to find some friends in your local area and just try and hire a kid, like put a sign on the lamppost local at home business needs help for an hour. Um, like join a local group, ask a few people of the neighbors that you just, I feels like you're the kind of guy that has this big heart that wants to run this small business that makes a difference and does it together. So why not get someone who comes in and helps you? And maybe to start with, it's not as productive because someone learning what to do is always a little bit slower to start with. However, you're doing 15 T-shirts an hour instead of 10 and you have a little bit more time to be able to do the content. And then at the end of it, you're there recording content and The person that's helping you is doing the T-shirts and printing them. You can hear the thing in the background as you do your audio. Who knows what it is? But you (laughs) kind of have this energy of doing it together. And you've also got a time doing things with someone. And when I first hired Henry, he was the first person I ever hired. It was amazing how productive we were afterwards because he showed up every day. And by the fact he showed up, it meant I had to work every day. And my productivity <laughs> went through the roof.
1: Yeah, I get that. I absolutely understand that because there's days, you know, I don't want to. I don't I wake up late on purpose because I own my own business and I can do that. Um, or the baby kept me up all night. That's a different story, though. So, you know, yeah, no, that that makes sense. That makes total sense. I mean, there. I also guess I could do it on the opposite end. Um, I could hire someone to help me with content have a guy standing there filming me printing the shirt and then have them edit it on the back end. And then I don't have to. I guess that would probably be the easier way in my brain. But
0: I love that. That was the second person I hired who was called Jack. Uh, Basically, I went to a friend who was at college he, he taught a college class in media. And I said to him, who's your top student? Who's your best student? And he said, there's this kid called Jack. He's very good. He works at Boots, which is like the local pharmacy in the UK, um, like a CVS. And uh, Jack hated being at Boots. He wanted to escape and do video. And I said, well, come work for me. And like each day, hold the camera, film some stuff, and then put a video out. And he loved it he absolutely loved it and it was his first position and i loved it because again we were creating something every day and it made us put stuff out there so there's no reason why you can't find someone who's got a passion for using social media cameras uh creating tiktok videos editing stuff find a local person that's got passion speak to the local college and say there's someone that i can hire on a saturday morning to help me film three videos That's my week's content and I do it every Saturday morning or whatever it is. You can structure it however (laughs) you want. But I just think you need to get flexible in your mind as to what this could look like. Because the person you need to help you get to the next stage, if you don't have the time to do it, does exist in your area. We just have to find them, work with them and get them excited about your mission.
1: I agree. It's just I don't know anyone here and that's kind of the biggest thing um aside from a few very very few limited people but there's social media there's ways to reach out so I guess that's step one
0: when you say a few very limited people are you calling the people limited or the number
1: <laughs> the numbers mean <laughs> no that was not a mean comment <laughs> Like I only know a very small number of people in my area because I just moved. Um,
0: throw a welcome to the neighborhood party. Do something to meet the neighbors. Uh, invite them round for pizza. Like do something to to find the people. Like I understand the issue. I completely understand the issue. It's also a solvable one, and I bet you Steph's nodding. I bet you Steph knows like twenty seven ways to to build a community and find people in the local area. It is a solvable problem. It is. I don't
2: know if I know the ways, but I know that if anybody could do it, that Shane could because he's that kind of person. I also think it's worth mentioning that we have also tried to outsource the photography of like individual products. Um and did kind of like a program where if we send you the shirt to model, you send us good pictures. And I think you know that worked really well it we did the name change and things kind of fell through but that's another source of you know one more thing that you don't have to do so and it is and it's nice because we have the whole world because of social media and the internet um but yeah you've got the wheels turning of different ways that we could outsource different pieces of it
0: which Steph inspired me and building on Steph's thought is could we find celebrities who said they have the different diseases and challenges that you've spoken about the invisible ones, they've spoken about it and message them and say, this is what we're doing. Can you support us to get the message out and help more people? Um, I bet you there's people out there. who've that. Oh, for sure.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, we've definitely worked with a couple um like bigger influencers than me um, that have other diseases. Um, and we've done like shirt campaigns with them where they'll get a link and they'll get a percentage or we'll donate a percentage of that sale to whatever charity they want or, or to somebody like I'm actually working with a friend right now, Christine, she was the first chronic illness friend i I made when I started TikTok, So she's like the OG friend of mine. Um <laughs> And she has IBS and she runs a, a little podcast herself uh, called My, My IBS Life. And they're great. She's amazing. Um, so she's been a huge supporter of mine. And she's worn the shirts and taken pictures and posted about it. And that's been really helpful. Word of mouth, honestly, is probably the strongest thing for our business, more than anything else. Um, when somebody falls in love with our designs, they come back again and again and again so like our return customer rate is over 60 percent, which is crazy
0: that's insane that's phenomenal (laughs) congratulations
1: thank you so much thank you
2: (laughs) which leads to something i think that we wanted to talk about which is you know how do we help them spread the message we've talked about like a qr code people could scan and business cards which seems really outdated at this point like do you have any ideas for when somebody says, oh, I really like your shirt. Thank you. I got it at Two Crow Collective. What's that? Oh, like what's next? <laughs> How can we empower them to- How do we
1: finish that conversation? You know,
2: get there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I was thinking about this and like, it's great. It depends. So is the person interested in the t-shirt or the mission, which is a bit like Jane was saying at the start- If it's the T-shirts, it's like, check out the T-shirts and have a look. But if the person who's doing it actually has like, okay, like this T-shirt actually means something to me. That's why I wear it. And they're telling the person about the T-shirt. Maybe there is something about the mission. Maybe there's a video about the mission. Maybe there's an episode for each of the diseases you talk about that you've got someone who talks about it. Maybe there's a TikTok video, a short video that you send them to. Like if you want to understand it, watch this short video. It's three minutes long. It's one minute long, whatever it is. Uh, But it feels like it's like people buy into the vision and the energy. And if you just send them to look at the t-shirts, they don't understand you and what you do and how you're trying to help people. So it feels like, I don't know if you ever heard of Millennial Revolution. Uh, They're like uh, financial independence bloggers. And on their front page, they have a video of Christy abusing boomers for bad advice. Buy the biggest house you can, stay in the job you want, all that sort of advice. Uh, and that's kind of, that was their initial thing. And that told people about who they were and what they were doing. And that was the video that they had on the home page and that spread. And it feels like you need something. Yes, it's about the t-shirts, but it's not really, is it? It's about I the mean, message, it's, it's about kind of the... both.
1: I think that the way that our designs function are, you know, originally we did American traditional style tattoo designs. So, if you know anything about that style, it is very easy to understand what you're looking at. It is just very simple line work to showcase the image. So, one of our best selling shirts is a, a a droopy little sunflower. And super sad looking, and it just says, I'm okay. And that's something that in our community, everybody says, I'm okay. You just hide it. You're hiding what's really wrong, right? And it's kind of like a metaphorical thing. Obviously, like the emo community loves our stuff. They do. It's just very alternative emo goth scene type stuff. So it's something you'd see when you'd walk into a hot topic or... A zoomies or any alternative store like that so for us to get the message out i think people get it i think people understand inherently like there's two really two types of buyers right there's a people who like the shirts and there's people that like the mission and i think that we do a really good job at converting people who like the shirts into liking the mission and it, it is a post-sell thing. You know, it is when you get that card in the mail and I explain my story and why I do what I do. They're like, oh, I get it. And then they come back and buy more. And that's great. It's perfect. I couldn't ask for a better customer. You know, like, that's what we want. And I guess it's like, how do we get them so hype up that they are telling the mission versus just, hey, I got the shirt of Two Crow Collective
0: you've kind of got two ways after that, it, that initial conversation Steph. Steph did a fantastic job of saying like that conversation at a garden party or whatever it is. Oh, I like your t-shirt. Um, oh, it's cool. I bought it at Two Code Collective. Cool. Um, like where it goes from there and you can help your customers to work out where to go from there and what to say. And you can do videos about this. You can send them a mailer about this. I'm really hoping you've built a mailing list of those customers so that you can talk to them. Um, Steph's nodding, which makes me very happy because you'd (laughs) be surprised how many people come on the show and go, I've sold lots of stuff and I have no way to ever reach these people again. Um, But you can help those people who've already bought the T-shirts to go, okay, when someone asks you or says, I really like the T-shirt, here's three possible options, or you could engage them on social media. And do you think, what's the best way to say like, okay, we've had like five ideas, someone says they like your t-shirt, what would you do? Would you A, say, go to Two Crow Collective and have a look at the designs? Would you B, say, watch this video of Jane? uh he's ranting about whatever he's ranting about uh and doing that would you see do this and we've got these options and get them to like help you understand what they would do what they would want to do or would you d just quietly say yeah it's cool design because you're a bit embarrassed and don't really want to tell anyone because you actually want to say it's just all okay leave me alone
1: we have quite a few shirts that say get out of my space or don't talk to me like so that that tracks too <laughs> but yeah no that that's actually a great idea i love that um i i do want to get more uh we were working on a like a questionnaire to send to customers who have ordered i don't know 3 or 4 times or something like that so that they could give us uh, like kind of ask them why, like what, what made you come back again? You know, like a direct ask and, uh, we haven't done it yet. So you're thumbs upping me, but I know that that's a thumbs in the middle. Probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's a thumbs up for the idea. Uh, now we've just got to execute on that survey and send it out and understand them and talk to them. Uh, and if you just speak to these customers, Speak to as much as you can, and I bet you in talking to them, you'll have a million ideas of what to do next, where to go next. The more you engage with the customers, the more you understand them. And you have customers. What a great place to be in. Most people are like, how do I find customers in the first place? You have them. Let's understand them, talk to them. And I bet you just in the fact that they feel heard by you is going to help you share the message is going to help connect with the audience and bring them in even further. So I'd say do that. Start listening to them. Get out there. Really speak to them. Um, And I think the more you put yourself out there, the more you'll find the mission and the T-shirts grow.
1: I know, and I'm sure I'm not the only one as an entrepreneur, I have a very good and bad ability to come up with a million ideas. Like, that's just who we are. And, I, you know, I believe that there is there is a magic to being an entrepreneur in the way that there is a magic to, you know, a child's imagination. And I think that the ideas are endless and it's kind of contingent on which idea is the one to go with and why at which time. And I think that's something I struggled with last year. Uh, We're in our we just entered our third year. So last year was. Um, we didn't make as many sales, but I was trying out a lot more stuff, I think. And, you know, I was super hype after our first year. And then I tried all these ideas and some flopped, some didn't. And, you know, it wasn't as good of a year. And I think I need to kind of just get really good at doing the one thing really, really, really well. And then start to like, okay, let's test this. Let's test this. Let's test this. Um, whereas I wanted to do everything all at once. so
0: <laughs> I don't know anyone else who wants to do that either. I'm like, let me add it all now. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think a couple of thoughts. Number one is having an ideas space, whether it's a OneNote, whether it's a book, whether it's Post-it notes, doesn't really matter but put all the ideas on the wall and then go, what's the one thing I actually need to focus on at the moment? Because this is my challenge at the moment. Katie and I are focusing on writing a book, but every day it's like, oh, we could write an article on this and we could do this and we could do that and we could do this. And then you get distracted and you never make progress on the one thing that's going to really move the needle in what you want to do. And I think it's about, Having a place to like park those ideas because they're good ideas, and you'll come back to them. But you cannot do everything at once. You can do everything, just not at once. You're relatively young, I think. Like I, I I'm definitely not going to guess. Thirty-one, perfect. So you have many, many, many years left to do this. Like you have time. We just need to pick the one or two things that you're really going to focus on for this next three months. Do those. And then we'll pick something new for the next three months, or maybe we'll pick the same thing and we'll keep going. That was always the thing for Simon and I is every year we like have a yearly meeting and go, okay, so we've done a year of running pop-up business school. That's now rebel business school. Do we still want to do this? Like, is this what we want to do? Look at all these other shiny things. Do we still Mm want to do this? There's shiny options. And then we go through all the shiny options and we go, no, the thing we really need to do is Rebel Business School. That's what we really need to do, and we refocused again. But I think people don't give themselves that opportunity every three, six, 12 months to go, okay, what are all the options? It's almost like they've decided once and they should stick with it forever. Um, don't re refocus. Use that time to have a look and go, okay, where am I going to focus? What are the things I'm going to do? maybe Steph would write down, I notice she's taking notes, which I love. Maybe Steph would write down the three things you're committing to do for the next three months. And then like every time you get distracted, just go, let's just focus. Are that's we just, done on these three yet? Let's that's your job.
1: So that notes. makes sense. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is what I do. I <laughs> it feels like hurting cats sometimes, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it's good though. And sometimes, sometimes he really uh, does sell me on an idea and I'm like, well, you know, Let's do that. So yeah, when
1: she hears me say, "Okay, hear me out. <laughs> it's game over. like it's just too much That's the one. too many new things. But.
2: but I love that idea. I love that we park them somewhere, and I think we've tried and intermittently, we've been like, okay, let's put that on a someday maybe list and like focus on these things. but we we there's so much to do, that <laughs> has to be done every day that like, How are we ever going to get to someday maybe? And if the bigger question is how do we grow cold outreach, then we might need to do three different things to get there. So it's just kind of working through that. But I, I love that idea of parking it all. You know, during the brainstorming session, we do your yes and technique. And then we park a lot of it and we pick the things to focus on. And that's, we'll keep doing that but we'll do yeah, And You
0: might get to one of those things on the Sunday, maybe list each three months. And you like, oh, okay, like <sighs> James goes, I've got some time today. And he goes <laughs> to the wall with all the post-it notes on and goes, what's <laughs> excited about? And then looks at Steph and goes, hear me out. We've got an hour today. I reckon we can do this one. But there's always time to do a little bit of it in the mix. And you should have a little bit of the random crazy stuff that you go, This might actually be madness, but let's have a go. But it's that balance of, like Simon and I always talk about the engine of the business. And the engine of Rebel Business School is selling courses, running courses, helping people start businesses. That's how we make our money. That's how it works. And the engine has to run well. And then once the engine is running well, we've got some time to do some crazy stuff out the window. (laughs) to do some mad things, to like do these videos, create this, speak to this person about this, run a project over here. But if the engine's not running well, we have to go back to tuning the engine, to making sure the engine of the business is working well. Are we producing the content that drives the traffic, that connects with people, helps the mission? Are we producing the T-shirts? Is that running well? Have we hired a local neighbor and that engine piece is tuned? Like, does this engine work? And the smoother your engine runs and works, the more space you have to be able to do the other stuff and to build on top of it. But I think so many of us, because we get excited, want to do the crazy stuff before we've got the engine running smoothly. Um, And the engine will always need tweaking, it will always need servicing, it will always need a bit of work. But does that make sense? Like, let's, we've got to get your engine purring like a Ferrari. I don't know. Maybe I'm stretching this analogy now.
1: No, no, I I think it's good. I guess um, I did have a question here that I guess we can go right into because it kind of is relevant. Um, In our community, we talk about burning out a lot and your engine can burn out. So what would you do if you are taking on too much as an entrepreneur and getting to that point of like doing way too much that you kind of don't want to do anything
0: you have to go back to what do i actually like what's the key things that i need to do to make the engine work and then how do i create a bit more space by saying no to things so that i have the time to look after myself because if you don't look after yourself no one else is going to and actually. Your job, James, is to look after you for Steph. And Steph's job is to look after herself for you. And if you both look after yourself, you both have energy. You both have time and space. <laughs> What's going on over there, Steph? Steph put her <laughs> hand on her chest no. <laughs> and took a deep breath in.
1: Uh, you should just talk uh, to, to chronic, chronic illness survivors, honestly, because that was like, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's what we advocate, you know. And the the thing is, there is there is no difference in my mind between. Honestly, running, running your body is running a business in the chronic illness community. And so at many times in my life, I've run more than one business, you know, in that way. So that's that's cool that it feels good to hear someone say that out loud.
0: Well, I think even if you're like, quote unquote normal, because I'm hesitant to say that I'm normal. But uh, like, even if you're normal, you need to look after your sleep. You need to look after your diet. You need to look after your exercise. And if you haven't got those fundamental pieces right, you do get tired. You do get burnt out. You do get grumpy. It affects my mood. If I haven't slept well, if I haven't looked after myself well, I'm a bit crabby and it doesn't help. Katie, the people oh, yeah. around me it doesn't help me do my business then i just get grumpy on podcasts and go just sell something and leave me alone <laughs> or whatever it is i'm not I'm, I'm not the rebel entrepreneur i'm the grumpy entrepreneur uh but it's like it's i think for all of us we have to look after our engine ourself so that we have the space to be able to do it and yeah i think it's important for all of us I don't care who it is and I'd love you to look after you so that you have energy to do this to support other people and if I don't look after me I don't have energy to do a podcast and to run courses and to do the rebel finance school and to look after other people there's not enough of me to go round if I don't look after myself
1: for sure completely agree
0: will you look after yourself for
1: me yes (laughs) yes It goes for you too, Steph. Only because you said Steph's so. Just silence. Steph's like, no, nah, I'm good.
2: I will. <laughs> no, it's... it's. I like that you said that you have to take care of yourself for another person because it takes all of the guilt of, well, I need to focus on me off of you and says, well, I need to do this for someone else. So I can't possibly feel guilty for taking care of Jame because that seems nice. <laughs> So, you know, it's just it's a good mental reframe that I am going to print out and hang on a wall somewhere so that I remember it forever.
0: I love that because I I have the same thing with Katie. I'm like, please look after you for me. Like I can't fix everything for you. You have to do it. I will do everything I can. But like, don't feel guilty for taking a bath. I don't know, whatever it is like. Spending relaxing, time
1: just like not doing anything, <laughs> honestly, yeah. doing nothing is so important. Just like 10 minutes, just sit drinking sensitive
0: skin. So, like putting on the creams and looking after herself is like, just do it, take your time, just take your time, do it for me, and I will help where you want me to. But I always like, I do not feel guilty for looking after yourself, the people around you want you to be happy.
2: For
1: sure, agreed.
0: That was probably not the answer you were looking for,
2: was it? <laughs> uh, like, how do we deal with entrepreneurial I honestly, burnout?
1: I wasn't. I didn't know what to expect. I just kind of wanted to see what you were going to say, and I, I was, hundred <laughs> percent. That was great. I can't even. Uh, I don't even know what to say <laughs> in response. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess it is.
0: we're coming to the part of the podcast where I start to go, okay, so we've had a really good conversation. We've had lots of ideas. We've had chats. Uh, what do you think the top three things are that you're going to do following this podcast? I, I love oh, that. God. Steph immediately pulls out the pen and goes to the notes. Jane oh, looks God. a bit panicked. Is like, what did we talk about? <laughs> uh, what did we just somewhere talk Somewhere between about? the two of you. Yeah, you can figure this um, out.
1: We are going to look at avenues to take some of the load off of my plate and put it on someone else's plate and get someone else involved in the business for free, potentially, or not, Um, which is fine. I think we need to start smaller than what I... Because my brain goes, we should start big. We need to hire someone full-time right now, and that's just not true. We need to just like get someone in, stepping stone them up the business ladder. If they decide they want to do more, we can get them to do more, and hopefully that sales will show that you know that's kind of the concern um two i think we make some sort of um post or questionnaire or something like that for our current customers to ask them directly questions about what we should do next or what they want or what they expect from us or ways to just communicate better with them and then number three Hmm. we talked three.
2: about like the word of mouth thing and perhaps having a place to send people that seemed pretty relevant for us
1: landing pages for word of mouth friends complete the conversation for them so they know what to say when somebody asks them about their shirt boom mike i can't drop this mic. it's attached to my desk <laughs>
0: metaphorical mic drop yeah if I had a sound I would a sound effect for mic drop I could play it I only have a drum effect that's it (laughs) cool so I think like you have an incredible business you've done some great things and you've done awesomely testing a bunch of ideas in year two So you've had some huge success. You've tested a bunch of ideas. Now it comes back to, okay, let's focus in on the basics. What worked? Let's do more of that. What didn't work? Let's just drop that for now and let's focus on it. And we've learned a lesson about buying stock and going to print on demand because that seems to work a little bit better for us. We've learned what to do. You've learned a huge amount of lessons. Now it's just about keeping going and having fun. And whilst you do, Look after yourself on the journey because there's no point going like this issue is going to be around for a long time. So we might as well relax into it and help as many people as we can along the way and just look after ourselves along the way. And if you do that, you'll have a sustainable, fun business that makes a difference in the world. Capitalism as a force for good. That's what I always love.
1: Force for good. Meaningful chaos.
0: Meaningful chaos. Uh so Jane and Steph, if people want to find out more about you, uh where do they go? I know you haven't created the landing page that we've just spoken about yet.
1: But At Two Crow Collective everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um our website is www.twocrowcollective.com. dot com. That's t w o Crow Collective.com. Um That's it. I love that's it. it.
0: Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Steph, for coming on the show. And yeah, for everyone, everyone listening to this, please look after yourself for me. The worst thing we want in the world is a bunch of burnt out entrepreneurs lying on the bed going, I can't get up today to do what I do. Please look after yourself for us. If you look after yourself, if you get the sleep you need. Sort out your diet, look after your sleep, look after your exercise. You will have more energy to put into the hours you've got. And I think sometimes it's this false fallacy of, I have to work every hour. And then, but you're working all these hours, but with minimal energy in them. And I would say, like, spend an hour looking after yourself. Work a little bit less, but you have more juice, more energy to put into those hours that you're doing, and you will get so much more out of them. So to everyone else listening, please look after yourself for us. Thank you for listening. And also, to
1: the- Ooh, eat that James donut. Jake has a
0: last message. I love it. Tell us.
1: Eat the donut. It's important. If eat the If you want donut. donut, just eat it.
0: That's it. Maybe once a week. I'm not condoning this yeah. as a daily
1: practice. I'm just saying, if you want a donut, <laughs> if you want mac and cheese, <laughs> if you want, you know, I, I saw you posted those uh, those Japanese pancakes. Oh my god! Oh,
0: fluffy I'd Japanese eat, pancakes.
1: Eat, eat the pancakes, you know. Eat the donut. It's fine. It'll be, yeah. It's good for you. It's good for the soul.
0: It's yeah. Temper it with a salad every now and again. Please look after <laughs> your vegetables as well. Uh, yeah, that's but true. yes. Eat the fluffy Japanese pancakes. They are amazing. And if you want to see those pictures, find me on social media. You will be able to see pictures of fluffy Japanese pancakes and all sorts of crazy food, Korean barbecue that we ate last night. Um, Yeah, eat the food as well, definitely. But look after yourself. That's the message. I'm going now. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.